The world's most advanced color correction tool for Mac just got more powerful. DaVinci Resolve from Blackmagic Design. With XML import, export, multi-layered timelines, curve grading, noise reduction, stabilization, 3D alignment, OpenCL, and more. DaVinci Resolve is available from $995. Current users can download the updates for free. And try DaVinci Resolve Lite, a reduced featured version that's still packed with power. Visit www.blackmagicdesign.com. This episode is also brought to you by Screenlight.tv. Screenlight.tv is a video review and approval service for the post-production industry. Post-production teams can now easily share videos and production files with clients worldwide. Utilize their project management and team collaboration tools that include asset management, frame-accurate video feedback, proactive security, and more. All at a price that won't break your production's budget. Use the video review and approval service trusted by post-professionals throughout the world. Screenlight.tv Screenlight.tv Upload anything, get feedback, and finish projects faster. What, in addition to the right equipment, does it take for the job of film editing? Welcome to The Cutting Room. I'm your host, Gordon Burkell, and this week, we well, we were in Los Angeles, and now we're back. That's why we're a bit late with this posting. It's Wednesday. We were trying to get it up Monday, but we were actually in transit, Lauren and I. Lauren's not here. She's taking a couple days off before her next job starts. So in the meantime, what we've done is I don't want to kickstart a new interview series of a couple of interviews. Uh, what I've done is I've taken an excerpt from the recent Edit Fest, Edit Fest LA 2014, and it was a great show if you missed it. It's unfortunate, but we are working on getting the higher or superior quality audio. Uh, so this is actually from my mic recording just live. They didn't have a patch for us. And what I did was I took this from the last panel, and that uh, was moderated by Norman Holland. And he, he did an interview for us a few years ago, and great interview. The goal of the panel is to actually choose a film that you didn't work on and discuss how it influenced you. So Kate Amend, who's the first to speak uh, after Norman, uh, describes the film that she chose and why she chose it. And then you'll hear Rob Ash uh, talk about it and Kelly Dixon. So Rob Ash is the editor for Conan O'Brien and Kelly Dixon does Breaking Bad, The Walking Dead, things like that. There's also uh, Jason Valentin on the uh, panel and he's ASE, so Australian Screen Editors. And if you haven't heard me say this before, you probably, if you've been listening to this for a while, you already have heard this from me. You gotta check out the Australian screen editors because they're doing a lot of really great stuff over there. So you go to screeneditors.com for that. Uh, of course, we couldn't have done this without uh, Jenny from American Cinema Editors and you can check their stuff out at americancinemaeditors.com. There's more to come. We do have a, a, an aotg.com scavenger hunt coming up. I'll give you the information for that just after the panel. I just want to get get right into this so that uh, we'll start with Kate. This is going to be a free-form conversation, so everybody's going to be jumping in and talking up here, whether it's their clip or not. Um, so Kate's chosen a scene from Two for the Road. Now, how many of you have seen Two for the Road? That is so unawesome. <laughs> um, so I'll ask her to set it up, but what I will... Kate, Kate, Kate told me that um, as she was setting up the scene, her assistant actually looked at it and wanted to go back and watch the whole movie. I think you'll feel the same way. Um, so do you want to kind of set up the clip? Sure, yeah. Um, if I were going to 
choose a documentary, it would have been Harlan County or Grey Gardens, but I decided to mix it up a little bit and surprise everybody and <laughs> choose a fiction clip. Um, and the film Two for the Road, directed by Stanley Doan, and edited by two editors, um, Madeline, I don't know if it's Gouge or Juge, and um, Richard Marden. Um, it's a story of love and marriage. Uh, follows a couple over a period of 10 or 12 years from the time they meet um, hitchhiking in Europe, which was something we all did back then, um, through um, the various stages of their marriage. But it's told in a um, non-chronological order. It starts out in the present, but it goes back and forth through their relationship over the years and um, only told through trips through France. So what could be better? <laughs> Watch Audrey Hepburn and Albert Finney, at the time two of the most attractive people in movies, uh, driving through on road trips in France. So this um, clip, like this clip, you, can, you can't really get a sense of the overall structure of the film, but you can somewhat. Uh, because, like I say, it goes back and forth in time. Mm -hmm. How early on in the film does this happen? This is about 10 minutes in. So it starts with actually when they're, they're just meeting as two <clears throat> young people hitchhiking in Europe, and they have just met each other like the day before. Great. So what we're going to do is we're just going to turn around, turn around a lot. So why this clip? Well, it's more why this film, because um, I saw this, actually saw this with my mother, and we sat through this film, and we absolutely loved it, and we didn't want it to end. And uh, we were getting up to leave, and we both said, God, I'd really like to see it again. And so we just looked at each other, and we sat down, <laughs> and we watched it again. Uh, all the way through and loved it, and I've never done that before or, or since. since right? yeah. Well, what about this film you think attracted you at that point, and why did it inspire you to be a leader? Well, I um, certainly it had to do with um, the, the structure of the film, because um, I'd never seen a film told quite this way. Um, so. Um, Nonlinear, um, and it was every scene surprised you, you know, and um, you really looked forward to what, where they were going to be next, and how old they were going to be, and what they were going to be wearing, and what car they were going to be driving. The cars were fabulous, and it was all shot um, in in real locations. Nothing in the studio at all, so it's all shot in throughout France, and that part was fantastic. Um, and so I you wanted to be a French editor then? <laughs> I think I wanted to be Audrey Hepburn to tell you that. <laughs> or marry an architect. Well, I think those. <laughs> it wasn't until much later that I realized why um, this film did appeal to me so much, and I and I realized it was the editing and like that dialogue scene. I call it, you know, the sort of first date falling in love. 
scene that jumps from location to location. Each line is in a different location, in the car, out of the car, and just the, you know, the visual puns and so forth. And the whole film is very clever that way. Um, and um, it just was, it was really enjoyable. And well, so one of the things that fascinated me about this clip um, is the transitions mm -hmm. uh, between lines. And I know all of you will probably been in a situation where you've worked with directors who have the transitions all planned out. Doesn't matter what the hell you get in dailies, right? But the transition are planned out, and um, uh, these are so clever mm -hmm. and so natural that it becomes one scene as opposed to a bunch of little ones. So um, uh, how do you deal with transitions yourself in your editing work? Well, I think that's really crucial. I mean, because to me, I think transitions are you know the heart and soul of editing. It's um, how you progress from one scene to the next. Um, and I have done a few documentaries where we do go back and forth in time, and that's always you know the most challenging, the most fun part is to figure out what moment to cut, what moment to go back, what shot to go out on, what shot to use as the transition. And that's what's fascinating about this film too is how you know, like the car pulls away and reveals an, another car that they're in three years later. Um, so, you know, when you say how, you just know it when you see it. <laughs> um, but I do feel like transitions are. So do you experiment with them a lot? I mean, what about the rest of you? I mean, um, uh, I know that you're constantly reworking things right, editing is re-editing. So um, uh, are you, in docs especially, are you experimenting with different transitions? Um, uh, how do you work with the director on finding the most effective ones? Well, yeah, um, I, know I can give you an example of uh, like a film that I worked on where um, there's a scene where um, our character went into a house. It was actually a film about a midwife um, and she went into the house to deliver a baby and um, she was mic'd and she said, would, there's a camera crew with me, would you mind if I filmed you? And the woman said, no, I really don't want a camera crew there. But I had her entering this house and then there was a shot of the window and we went from that into a scene in the past of archival footage of the woman who was the midwife giving birth to her child 30 years earlier, and we happened to just have footage of that person. So when I saw that window shot, I thought, well, you know, it's going to be perfect, because I knew we had her sitting in front of a window on a bed that looked exactly like the same house. So, I mean, that's just something that I saw the shot and I knew it would work. Mm -hmm. um, so is there something that's more important to all of you in transitions, uh, story, movement? Um, visual imagery, is there, I mean, what goes into your choices for transition? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll go first. Uh, the one thing, uh, one of the biggest things I noticed in the scene was uh, the use of food. And, uh, and it's one of those things you, you always wonder, you ever look at a movie and you kind of see what they're doing and you wonder, is that something they found in the edit room? Or did they think so much about 
when they're taking a the bite of the apple, when, you know, all, all that sort of thing. So it, to me, it seemed like they found it in the edit room and they started running with it. I put my money on that. And, and it reminded me so much, that whole first date scene of uh, Carousel with Rogers and Hammerstein, you know, uh, uh, the whole if I loved you scene where they're just sitting and, you know, the, the man is posturing yeah. and, and the woman is not impressed whatsoever, mm -hmm. and it, it's establishing a relationship. And how they established the relationship and the visual was through the food. How did they take a bite, mm -hmm. you know? And, and I think when you're in the edit room, you have to really pay close attention to if I'm cutting that scene of how they're treating the food. Because uh, Audrey Hepburn, you know, taking a bite of the apple, not being impressed, she walks away. Well, you know, you're, you're helping shape the story, and you're getting it from them because they're giving it to you. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I what just, about you? I was just going to say that, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to say that that's absolutely that they found that in the editing room. But I would be willing to bet that at least half of it was found in the editing room. I mean, I've had plenty of times where directors have these transitions planned out, and they don't always work, you know. Or sometimes they take too long to get to, or something like that. And as an editor, I have always um, had to, you know, a lot of times I've had to find if they had something planned and it wasn't really working. You have to find. You still have the ins and the outs of the scene, so you still have to find another transition. You know, to do that. And, you know, it's like, it's really great when directors have it all worked out and it works perfectly. But that's, I just find it so rare. Right. I mean, I, would, I mean, you know, if you do get it all the time, you're lucky. So that was the panel from Ace at FS 2014. Again, we just got back a couple days ago. We're going to have some great stuff coming up. We have a scavenger hunt coming up. So you want to go to aotg.com slash hunt, aotg.com slash hunt to join the online Twitter scavenger hunt. And that just, you know, will give you some fun things to look for in your cutting room that you can share online. Uh, we also have a Google phone number. So if you want to leave us a message, we've been getting a bunch of messages from Eric Rodeur, uh, and he's some funny ones. They're a little long for us, so we can't really play them all, but we'll put some stuff up. Uh, you can get us at 423-352-7678. That's 423-352-POST. Uh, I'd just like to thank... Lauren Woodcock, American Cinema Editors, the Australian Screen Editors, Jason Ballantine, Kelly Dixon, Rob Ash, Kate Amend, and of course Norman Holland. You can see in the next issue of The Assembly coming in September, uh, Norman's article on the future of teaching in post-production. So, I'm Gordon Burkell. Thanks for listening.